It is Wednesday, July 10th, and you are listening to another episode of Pink is the New Podcast by me, Trent Venegas, where I recap and talk about all of the fun, entertainment, and gossipy stuff that happened over the past week. And as you've already noticed by now, I have yet to... <laughs> add my amazing theme music. I've yet to update my, uh, my amazing, uh, intro thing that I had planned. Um, but I will, I'll get to it. Gosh, I kind of feel like I'm not going to get to it anytime soon. And now that I keep calling attention to the fact that I haven't done it yet. I feel like I have to keep doing it. But, oh my God, I'm going to stop talking about that right now because no one wants to hear about that. Let's talk about all of the fun, gossipy stuff. And um, I'll just uh, complain about not having used my theme music next week. Okay, Um, let's see. Last Wednesday, um, some really cool news that Disney is planning to do a live-action sequel to The Nightmare Before Christmas, which um, sounds... Okay, it sounds like it could be super awesome, but it also sounds like it could be super bad because for the most part... Disney live-action films haven't really been all that amazing. Um, Some of them have been good. I would argue that uh, Cinderella, the live-action version of Cinderella, is really good. I would argue that the live-action version of Jungle Book is really good. And I would also argue that the live-action version of Sleeping Beauty, which we know as Maleficent, is also very good. But, um, you know, I didn't love Aladdin. Um, I didn't even see Dumbo. Uh, I've heard that Dumbo's not that great, so I didn't even bother. I'm sure I'll see it at some point. Um, So, you know, Disney's track record with live-action films, it's kind of some hits, a lot of misses. So we'll see. Um, In just a couple weeks, I think two weeks now, um, the live-action version of Lion King will be released. And it's kind of... It's kind of not... Okay, so live-action remake of Lion King isn't really entirely true because it's an animated film that is being remade as a digitally animated film. So it's still going to be an animated film. It's not really live-action. But... Um, it still gets classified as a live-action remake, I suppose. And it looks really good. And even if it's a shot-by-shot remake of the original film, I will be all about it, super happy about that. So, um, so you know, I'm looking forward to that. And this whole Nightmare Before Christmas thing, live-action, sounds like it could be really great. Now, it'll be really dependent on how um, the characters look. Like, Jack Skellington... Um, has a very distinct look, super skinny and super, um, animated face, which they can do because he's a, you know, a stop motion claymation, um, character. But, um, you know, does this live action, um, film mean that it's going to be a real person or 
is it going to be like a digitally animated character? We're not entirely sure. Or at least I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if that news has been announced yet. But I will say, as with many things, um, I'm, for the most part, pretty cautiously optimistic that the movie is going to be good. Well, hopefully it'll be good. Um, So I'm excited by this news we'll have to wait and see how it turns out. Um, in other movie news, the first photo from the set of, uh, Bill and Ted three, um, made its way to the internets. And, um, for those of you old schoolers who are old ass, like I am, you may remember that Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and Bill and Ted's bogus journey, um, are two really, really great films from the early 90s. Is Excellent Adventure from the late 80s? I'm not... Okay, so a long-ass time ago, about 30 years ago. Um, and it's all these years later that uh, Keanu Reeves and his partner Alex Winter decided to do a third installment in the movie franchise. So this is a sequel, and it will take place 30 years later from when the last movie, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, came out which I'm super excited about. Um, I want to say Bill and, Ted's, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was the first movie that I saw um, with my friend driving us to the movies. So it was the first time I went to the movies without um, my parents or an adult taking me. Um, my childhood friend, Nathaniel Charles Crane III, uh, Nathan, um, got his driver's license and drove us to, I want to say the Southland Mall, or maybe it was the Allen Park Cinema or something like that, um, to see Bill and Ted's, uh, excellent adventure in the theater. So I have a very special place in my heart for the Bill and Ted movies, especially the first one. I really loved Bogus Journey, the second one, and now I'm really excited to, to see how Bill and Ted 3 comes out. I don't know that they've given it a title yet. Maybe they have, or maybe they haven't, they just haven't announced it, um, but uh, Bill and Ted's whatever adventure journey part three is coming out and uh, it is now in production. The photo that uh, I saw was a photo of Bill and Ted walking away or running away from a phone booth. And if you uh, are familiar with the Bill and Ted movie franchise, that is how they travel through time through a phone booth. So it looks like um, they're going to be, you know, keeping it, you know, Bill and Ted, they're, they're, they're not really straying too far from what we expect from these movies, but, um, uh, I'm sure they're going to have some new stuff too. There's been news about casting and who's going to play their children and all of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I will definitely be keeping my eyes on this movie. Um, hopefully there'll be some exciting news along the way to share until it comes out. I think it comes out next year. So yeah, Bill and Ted's third movie coming out soon in production now there's a photo go check it out um the first trailer for uh the real housewives of orange county was released last wednesday uh on bravo and the big news outside of like the only news that uh came from this trailer was the original housewife vicky gundelson 
is not coming back for whatever season this is. And honestly, I am all, I am so happy about that. Um, she, in my opinion, based on the way that she acts, the things that she says, and the, you know, persona that she's put on television, is kind of a terrible person. Um, you know, rich, white, quote-unquote Christian, um, but, you know, is a terrible person in my opinion. So, um, I have never been a Vicky fan. Um, uh, I begrudgingly have watched her many, many times because I enjoy the series. And to be honest, and I, I, I think I've talked about this before, or at least if I haven't in podcast form, I've mentioned it, um, in social media. And for sure, I've mentioned it to my friends. Um, I'm kind of like burned out on the whole Housewives franchise anyway. I just, you know, I still watched New York because it's the, le- the least, you know, terrible one in my opinion, but like women tearing each other down and fighting and screaming and all of that is so not like what I'm about anymore, no matter how quote unquote entertaining it is or quote unquote funny it is. So, um, you know, my whole love for the housewives has kind of run out anyway, but I will say I am, you know, happy that that terrible person is no longer going to be on Housewives. So maybe that's enough to get me to tune in. Maybe that's enough to get me to watch the whole season. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, uh, you know, the OG, the OG from the OC, Vicky G, um, will not be coming back, uh, for the new season of The Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, Mad Magazine announced that after 67 years in publication, they are essentially no longer going to be in publication. So the way that I understand it, it was first reported that Mad Magazine was shutting down and that is not entirely true. The magazine will still be published, but it will not feature any new articles or any new content. Um, future issues of Mad Magazine will be made up of old content, recycled content, republished content, with only the cover artwork being new each time, I guess, which is uh, weird to me. Um, and also really sad because Mad, Mad Magazine is one of those magazines. I talked last week about how Highlights for Children was one of my favorite magazines. Um, as a child. And then as I became like, you know, a young, you know, uh, a tween into my early teens, I loved Mad Magazine for its humor, for the, you know, the, the cartoons. And the thing I loved most about Mad Magazine was the back inside cover. You folded it like three ways and it made a whole new entire, um, so the image, you fold it and it made a whole new hidden image uh, when you folded it. And I thought that was so cool. I don't know why I love that so much. So when I think about Mad Magazine, that's what I think about. Um, so, you know, 67 years is a long time for something to be in publication. So at least that's something to celebrate. But it is kind of sad that um, no new Mad Magazine content will be featured um, in any new issues. And honestly, I don't understand how this magazine is going to last beyond, you know, so maybe they'll publish 
for another year or two, or maybe a few years, but just recycling old stuff. I can't imagine that the, um, the interest will be there for the magazine to do well. So this definitely sounds like the death knell of Mad Magazine, even though it isn't officially going to die. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, um, uh, I, I, I think it is time based on the news and the information that has been released to give a hearty and sad piece, the spork out to uh, mad magazine. So that's a bummer. Um, last Wednesday, it was reported that Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner got married again. So as you may recall a few weeks ago, maybe it was a month or two ago now. Um, and I talked about this in an earlier podcast. Um, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas got married in Vegas um, after the Billboard Music Awards, I think that's the night that they got married. They decided to just go to a wedding chapel in Vegas, get married by an Ellis impersonator, and Diplo decided to live stream the whole entire thing on his Instagram, which I later found out um, kind of pissed off Joe and Sophie. So um, I, I, I understand they were not happy that he did that, um, but they've forgiven him, I suppose. And, um, so this time last week they got married again in Europe, um, because she's European and, uh, they wanted to do like a real wedding ceremony. So, um, congratulations are in order again, uh, for, uh, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas who are now happily wedded again in an official wedding ceremony. And the last thing I want to say about this is um, the the wedding photo that they released officially uh, online is such a great photo. It is one of those amazing wedding photos that looks like it's staged, like it's professionally shot, obviously. And, you know, they're two beautiful people. So obviously they look, they look amazing, but it's, it's a really great photo and they look really happy and I wish them nothing but, uh, a long and happy, happily ever after together. Um, and the last bit of news for last Wednesday, and this one's a big one, because uh, it is news that is still resonating a week later and will probably continue to resonate for years to come. So um, Disney announced, speaking of live action remakes, Disney announced in recent years that they are planning to do a live action remake of The Little Mermaid. And um, for some time now, there's been casting rumors and little little bits of information about like, you know, who's going to direct and when it's going to come out and all of that, but no real significant um, news about casting, major casting has come out until last week. It was announced that actress Hallie, Hallie Bailey has been cast as Ariel in the live action remake of The Little Mermaid. And the news uh, has blown up, and I'm certain that you know what I'm talking about, because Halle Bailey is uh, African-American. She is a black actress who has been cast to play The Little Mermaid. I immediately loved hearing the news that Disney decided to cast this young actress. I don't know her. I didn't know her before this news, um, but I immediately went to go check out um, her... uh, like videos of her online and um she she sounds 
perfect. Like she is going to make an amazing Ariel. But as you can well imagine, the terrible, deplorable racists in this country have a huge problem with the Little Mermaid being black because they are terrible, awful people. You know, they're making all these arguments that, you know, Little Mermaid Mermaid should be white because Ariel in the Disney animated movie was white. But, you know, and honestly, I'm not even going to go into this whole tirade of, like, defending why Halle Bailey was uh, cast. She was cast because she's an amazing actress and she's an amazing singer. And I think she's going to be a fantastic Ariel Little Mermaid. And I can't wait to see her in the role. So if you aren't happy about this news, um, you suck. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, I talked last week about how Melissa McCarthy is in the running for uh, Ursula. And then, you know, the news was like, Lizzo wants to play the character. So people were like, you know, cast Lizzo, blah, blah, blah. Um, So now it remains to be seen um, who is going to play Ursula. My guess is they're going to stick with Melissa McCarthy, which I talked about last week. And she would make a perfect foil to um, Halle Bailey's Ariel. So... Yeah, uh, people are debating this and posting memes and some people love it, some people hate it, the news, all of that. I don't care. I love it. And that's the end of it. Um, we still need to figure out or find out who's going to play Eric, Prince Eric. Um, so yeah, there's going to be more Little Mermaid news, casting news to come, I'm certain. And, uh, I'm sure debate will rage on about Hallie's, um, casting and, whatever. Who cares? Uh, I think she's, she's going to make an amazing Ariel. And that's all I'm going to say about that again, again, again. The one last thing I wanted to talk about, um, about, um, Hallie's casting was when it first was announced, people mistakenly, um, thought that Halle Berry, actress Halle Berry was cast as the Little Mermaid and people were freaking out because Halle Berry is an older woman. (laughs) Um, and Halle Berry was trending and people were freaking out. So, um, no, Halle Berry is not playing Ariel. Halle Bailey is. So, yeah. Again, I'm sure there'll be much more to talk about in the months and years to come. So, let's stay tuned. Uh, last Thursday, um, Los Angeles, Southern California, experienced a 6.2 earthquake. And uh, people freaked out. And, uh, I was not among them because when it hit at around 1030 in the morning, I think it was around 1030 in the morning, I was driving in my car. So it was 4th of July and I was running errands and I did not feel the earthquake, but people were texting me like, oh my God, like earthquake, blah, 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 Twitter blew up. So I was sad to say, I kind of felt a little FOMO because I was like, oh damn, I didn't, I missed it. That is not to say that I love earthquakes. That is not to say that I want to feel an earthquake. But, you know, if it happened and I'm here and I didn't feel it, I was like, well, oh, like, I don't know. It's stupid. It's so dumb. And I feel dumb even talking about it. So I'm going to stop talking about it. But um, so the earthquake hit and people freaked out and that was that. And I didn't think anything of it until the following morning at four in the morning, I was asleep. And I felt another earthquake. It was a five point something. And I could feel the ground moving like 
a wave. So my whole apartment moved like I was on a waterbed. It was so weird. It woke me up and it made me immediately nauseous um, whenever I felt earthquakes. Like you get this weird pit feeling in the pit of your stomach, like nausea. And I felt nauseous and I could not go back to sleep. So um, that FOMO quickly went away from the one that I felt that I missed earlier because the one that I felt uh, later that the next morning, four in the morning, I was like, oh, this is why I don't like earthquakes. So, um, that was two earthquakes in, um, in less than 24 hours. And then the next day, um, LA got hit by a seven point something earthquake that I was home for. And motherfuckers that freaked me out. The whole house moved. My whole apartment building moved. My hanging lamp started swaying. My little figures on my rec- on my uh, record shelves started falling off. The ground was moving. I looked at the um, balcony and I seriously thought about jumping out the balcony if I had to. If walls were going to crack and ceiling was going to start to fall, I was already thinking, yep, I'm going to go out the balcony, jump out the balcony, climb down the balcony, something. I'm getting the hell out of here. It was super disconcerting. Um, I slowly... Uh, made my way to the door in case I had to like run and then, uh, it stopped. So yeah, earthquakes, no joke. Um, uh, the, the news I read today was, um, that small earthquakes have been happening. So, so the earthquakes that hit were like way out by death Valley. So hundreds of miles away. So we felt them here in LA, but they were stronger near the epicenter out in the desert. So, uh, I read a report today that the earthquakes, like small earthquakes have been happening pretty consistently since the first one last Thursday. So people are freaking out like, Oh, the big one's going to come. But honestly, when these little earthquakes happen, they release pressure on the tectonic plates. So it's good that they happen because if the pressure isn't released, then, then earthquakes get bigger and worse. So... I'm going to count these earthquakes as good news. They release pressure and hopefully we won't be feeling any more significant or any earthquakes for months and years or forever to come. So we'll have to wait and see. So that's all the earthquake news from the last week. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's not really gossipy, but it is kind of interesting. And there, uh, there you go. Um, I don't really want to talk about the bullshit that happened in Washington, D.C. last Thursday on the 4th of July. All I'm going to say publicly and here in my podcast to note the occasion was some bullshit happened in D.C. It rained and um, it looked sad and pathetic. And uh, that's the end of that. So, yay. Um, And then uh, I... It was a quiet day for news, at least for me. Um, I spent my day running around, and then um, in between earthquakes, um, I hung out with my friend Casey, who invited me to a party at his uh, ex-Ken's place. And by the time I was actually able to hang out, the party had fizzled, so we made our way to West Hollywood, this new place called Rocco's, and we grabbed some drinks, had some pizza, hung out. So that's how I celebrated my 4th of July, my Independence Day with my friend Casey and Ken, and we had uh, a really great day. So that was my uh, 4th last Thursday. Um, 
last Friday, I spent uh, some time at home watching the new third season of Stranger Things, and um, I loved it. You know, the more I think about the whole season as a whole, it it probably is my favorite season. Um, The first two, you know, so if you know Stranger Things, or even if you don't, Stranger Things has a a huge sci-fi element to it, and it is meant, in my opinion, it is meant to um, remind viewers of, like, 80s sci-fi movies. So, like, E.T. and Close Encounters and, you know, scary horror movies from the 80s. It's meant to feel that way. It's set in the 80s. Um, So, this third season is very super 80s. It's, like, late 80s, peak 80s-ness. The clothes look great. The music. The references. Um, A lot of the action takes place in a mall, in Starcourt Mall. And... It just reminds you, if you remember, of like mall culture, what it used to be like. And it just really, really, really spoke to me. Um, I loved the sci-fi element, but it was the, the 80s stuff that really, really got to me. So I loved it entirely. Um, really, really great season. I ended up... Um, so Target is selling um, Stranger Things like clothes. Like clothes that appear in the show. Like there's this really cute... cute um, 80s romper that Eleven wears in the show and I swear to God if they made that in adult men's size I would wear it I would buy it and I would wear it but they do not um, Target sells it and it is long sold out but Target sells other stuff and they have uh, this really great uh, red um, Hawkins pool lifeguard hoodie Um, And the Hawkins pool plays a huge uh, part in the new season of Stranger Things. So I had to buy the hoodie. I love the hoodie. Um, H&M is also selling Stranger Things clothes. And they have like a snapback hat, a Hawkins pool lifeguard hat. I bought that too. So I am super into the third season of Stranger Things. And that's how I spent my last Friday binging on the whole entire season. I started it uh, on Friday and finished it a few days later. Um... But it's really, really great. I don't want to spoil it because, you know, a lot of people haven't seen it yet. And it's one of those bingey shows you can watch all at the same time. So I certainly don't want to say anything that's going to spoil it for any of you who haven't seen it yet. But please watch it. Please watch it. It's really, really great. Um, If you love the 80s, you're going to love uh, the entire series and the third season in particular. So, um, yeah, awesome. Um, so yeah, like Friday was the day that the, the, the third and biggest earthquake hit here in LA. And after I considered jumping out the balcony and didn't, um, I kind of was like, you know what? I don't want to be in my apartment. So I got in my car and went for a drive and I honestly was not planning on going anywhere. I had to work that day. So I got home from work and I was tired. I was on the couch when the house started moving and all of that. So I had the earthquake not happened. My ass would have probably been on the couch. I would have finished Stranger Things and that would have been the end of it. But I had to get out of the house because I was really disconcerted from the whole earthquake thing. And my friend Casey was like, yo, let's go to Queen Kong, a drag show at Precinct uh, downtown LA. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. So we went and we had a really, really great time. So, you know... Whether um, earthquakes are good things or not, it got me out of the house. I got to spend a fun night with Casey um, and all the gays at Precinct. The drag show that we saw was really fun. Um, 
the DJ, DJ Mateo, who uh, is a great LA DJ, one of my favorite guys in LA. He is the guy who DJed all Tori Amos music party after Tori played here last the last time she came on tour. Sarah was here. She and I went to precinct to go to this Tori Amos dance party. And Mateo was the DJ, and he was fantastic then, and he's been fantastic. That's the first time I heard of him and heard, heard him play, or spin. So, all of his parties are fantastic. Sarah has this whole thing where she's like, you should totally marry him, he's cute. And he is very cute, but he is in a long-term relationship, which I keep reminding her of every time she sends me um, his cute Insta stories. Like, look at him, marry him, he loves Tori, marry him. Uh, but anyways, DJ Mateo... I won't be marrying him, but uh, I will be going to his parties. And uh, so anyways, he DJed at Queen Kong last Friday and he played a bunch of amazing songs, including Ashley O's On A Roll, which is Miley's version of Head Like A Hole. So um, yeah, it was a really, really fun night. So I'm glad that I went out. So thank you, Earthquake, for getting me out of the house. Thank you, Casey, for inviting me to come out. Um, all right. So last Sunday, more personal news. And, you know, so more personal news about me. Uh, last Sunday, I went to Disneyland again. No big shock. But I went um, with Casey. I was like, Casey, you got a pass. Let's go. He was like, all right. So we went to Disney to meet up with my friend Elena and my friend Melanie, who I have known for many years now. And two years ago, she moved to Boston. And uh, I would hang out with her and Elena and Melanie's mom, actually, at Disneyland, you know, all the time. So it's been two years since I saw Melanie. And uh, she was back. And she and Elena were at Disneyland. And I wanted to go hang out with them. So Casey and I went to hang out with them. And we had a really, really, really fun day at Disney. Like, I always have fun at Disney. So that's goes without saying. But A, it was super fun to see Melanie again and hang out with her again. And B, it was super fun to go with Casey for the first time because it wasn't his first time, but it was our first time hanging out at Disney together. So yeah, I love it. Um, I'm already looking forward to my next Disney trip. My plan is to go to Disney for my birthday this coming weekend. Ugh, my birthday. Let's not talk about my birthday. Fuck that. Um, This coming weekend, I'm going to Disneyland again. Um because I like to... Okay, so I have to talk my birthday because I like going to Disneyland on my birthday because it's the one thing that makes me not feel like I'm getting old. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm already looking forward to my next Disneyland trip, but the one that I did last Saturday, Sunday with um, Casey, Elena, and um, uh, Melody was super, super fun. Um sorry, that was last sun, last Saturday, last Saturday. That was last Saturday. Last Sunday, the big news was the Team USA women's team won the World Cup. They beat the Netherlands 2-0 to win the 2019 Women's Soccer World Cup. And it is the fourth time that they've won the World Cup. It is the second year in a row that they've won the World Cup. The U.S. women's team is among the most amazing and storied championship team that the U.S. has ever had. So congratulations to them. I kind of knew that they were going to go the whole way because I just felt it in my bones. I felt it in my gut. I knew they were going to go the whole way. And um, so congratulations to them. Um, 
the the only other thing I'm going to talk about about the World Cup win for the the women's team is that uh, they won uh, a cash prize, but it was not the same cash prize that the men get when they participate in the World Cup. Um, the men make tens of millions of dollars more, even when they lose. Even when they lose in the World Cup, they make more money than the women's team make when they win, which is bullshit. So now that the women's team has won again for the fourth time, the second year in a row, now that their viewership has topped the men's viewership in the world, in this country, now that the women's um, revenue in jerseys and things that they endorse is equal to or more than the men and now that they have won more championships than the men it is time that the women get paid at least what the men get paid but certainly they should get paid more because they are better athletes they're better athletes they bring in more revenue and they're just they're champs they're real champs and they deserve to be paid for the hard work that they do so um not that my ranting and screaming at you on my podcast is going to do anything, but, you know, I kind of get the sense that most, if not all of you listening are agree with me. So I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I cannot talk about, uh, the women's world cup championship, um, without mentioning the disparity in pay that the women make. And it is high time that the women get paid equal or more for, um, for the their winning for winning the fucking World Cup um uh okay so let's see last Monday um the first trailer first real trailer for the forthcoming Disney live action sequel Maleficent 2 um was released and it gives us our first look at what we can expect from um, the Maleficent sequel. So um, it, you got to check out this trailer. So it's uh, Angelina Jolie's returning as Maleficent, and Elle Fanning is returning as Aurora, and co-starring with the two of them in Maleficent Two is uh, Michelle Pfeiffer who plays the queen of the prince who asks for Aurora's hand in marriage. And as you can see in the trailer, it's uh, like Michelle Pfeiffer's character versus Angelina Jolie's character for the love of Aurora. Um, Now, you know, Maleficent is quote-unquote a villain, and the first film really, you know, told the Sleeping Beauty story from her perspective and showed her to be, you know, the actual hero. So my guess is, you know, the fair-haired white queen Michelle Pfeiffer is the real villain in this new film, and it will be up to Angelina Jolie's Maleficent to um, protect and save Aurora from, you know, from harm which is pretty standard for these kinds of fairy tale movies. But uh, at the end of the trailer, there is a scene that shows um, other, other creatures or other uh, people of Maleficent's race in 
in the trailer. So we're going to um, learn more about Maleficent and who she is, where she comes from, who her people are in this new movie. So it looks great. Um, you know, I, earlier I talked about how Disney's uh, track record for live action films isn't all great, but Maleficent, the first film, I really enjoyed, and uh, it looks like I'm really going to enjoy this uh, sequel. Um, so yeah, check out the trailer and um, let's see how it turns out. In other trailer news last Monday, the first full-length trailer for the Judy Garland biopic, Judy, was released. And uh, as you may recall, I mentioned previously in an earlier podcast that uh, uh, Renee Zellweger is starring as Judy Garland. And in the teaser, we got to hear uh, Renee singing uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And some people were not happy because they thought, oh, she doesn't sound like Judy Garland, which is obvious because, hello, she's not fucking Judy Garland. She's Renee Zellweger. Um, So I liked that first trailer, and I really liked this second trailer. In the second trailer, um, we see more of the story, and it, it... the movie will focus on the later part of Judy Garland's life. So, you know, it's clear from the trailer that, you know, Judy's already uh, battling her demons. Um, she is, uh, not as rich and as she, as she was in her earlier life. So she has financial troubles and uh, it focuses on the time in her life when she had to leave her children here in America, here in LA, to go to London for work because she had to. She could not afford to not work. And uh, so I don't really know this um, part of Judy Garland's story. To be quite honest, I don't really know much about her life. I know what little I know of her is is not, you know, I can't really speak with any authority. So, um, I'm very interested to see this, this film because at least I'll have a better understanding of Judy Garland's life. And, um, you know, based on what I've seen in both trailers now, it looks like Renee Zellweger really does, uh, have her, the mannerisms down and, um, looks like uh, she's going to do a great job as Judy Garland. So, so far, so good. Um, I like what I see so far, so we shall see how the movie turns out. Um, Let's see. In other movie news, um, the Saw horror movie franchise is being rebooted. Um, So there is a new Saw movie franchise coming, and uh, I have my notes in front of me, but I I failed to, to write this down for sure, so I'm not entirely certain. Please forgive me if I get this wrong, but... If memory serves, it's Samuel L. Jackson and Chris Rock are going to star in the new Saw movie. Um, they're rebooting it with, you know, I'm, I'm assuming similar story. So the same um, storyline that the previous Saw horror porn movies uh, featured, but with obviously a new cast and um, I'm going to assume a new setting. So um, I, I don't know that I'm really looking forward to new Saw movies because, you know, the, the, the last ones that came out 
had lost my interest. So I wasn't really a Saw fan when the series ended. Um, and I'm not really clamoring for it to come back, but, um, it's coming back. Um, it, the casting is interesting. We'll see if it, if it's, uh, if it's something that turns out to be a success for, um, uh, for the franchise. Um, on Monday, Marilyn Manson gave an interview talking about how he is going to release his next record, which will have like a country feel to it. He says he recorded it with his friend Scooter Jennings, who is a country legend, or at least a big country star. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a new Marilyn Manson album, which I'm excited about, but country, I don't, I don't really know. Um, he, he says that he, he's happy so far with the work in progress that is forthcoming 11th studio album, um, with, with what he's done so far. Um, and it's a collaboration with quote outlaw country rocker Scooter Jennings. Manson promises that it'll be out by the end of the year. And he says he's going to probably title it simply Marilyn Manson. So of all the records that Manson has released, he's never released a self-titled album. So this sounds like it's going to be something more personal. Um, you know, maybe more like, quote unquote, a solo album, not a band album, which is why he wants to name it after himself. But it's confusing because he named his band after himself. But anyways, the new Marilyn Manson album is due out by the end of this year. It will have a country feel to it. It will feature Scooter Jennings. And um, yeah, interesting. Let's wait and see how how that turns out. Um, On Tuesday, it was reported that uh, former presidential candidate and billionaire Ross Perot passed away at the age of 89 years old. So those of you 90s kids uh, may recall that Ross Perot ran for president in 92, and he probably, as a third-party candidate, so Bill Clinton was the Democratic nominee, and President George Bush was the Republican nominee, and Ross Perot ran as an independent and it's probably because Ross Perot ran that Bill Clinton won, or at least he played a huge role in why Bill Clinton won, because Ross Perot, as a billionaire, ran as a conservative and siphoned some votes away from Bush, which allowed um, Clinton to win. So I remember, you know, it was I was, you know, voting age back then, so I'm old, Um and Clinton was my man, and I'm so glad that he won. And I remember, like, not really loving Ross Perot because I really wanted Bill Clinton to win. But in retrospect, seeing the way that his third-party candidacy played out, helping Bill Clinton, um, I was like, cool, I'm kind of glad that he ran because he helped my my guy win. So, um, you know, after Ross Perot lost, he kind of, I, I don't want to say say faded into obscurity because he was still a billionaire, but you never really heard about him a lot. So he kind of was like a blip on the um, uh, American political landscape. And, um, and now he's gone. So my condolences to his family. And, um, yeah, there you go. Um, on Tuesday, Beyonce announced that she will release a new album titled The Lion King, The Gift on July 19th which will coincide with the release of the live-action Lion King movie. So, um, 
she's releasing a new record and what she says is what she say um it's a it's a sonic cinema this is a new experience of storytelling. I wanted to do more than find a collection of songs that were inspired by the film. It is a mixture of genres and collaboration that isn't one sound. It is influenced by everything from R&B, pop, hip-hop, and Afrobeat. I wanted to put everyone on their own journey to link the storyline. Each song was written to reflect the film storytelling that gives the listener a chance to imagine their own imagery while listening to a new contemporary interpretation. It was important that the music was not only performed by the most interesting and talented artists, but also produced by the best African producers. Authenticity and heart were important to me. These are quotes that Beyonce released um, through uh, her the press release for the announcement of the this album. So um, I'm recording this podcast before she releases the first song from this Lion King album called Spirit. So Spirit comes out at midnight um, after I finish recording this. So I will not have heard it. I mean, I haven't heard it yet, so I can't talk about it. But um, everything about this record sounds super interesting, sounds super cool. And, um, I, you know, I trust Beyonce knows what she's doing. I trust that, um, there's going to be some bops. Um, and, you know, I'm excited for the movie. I'm excited for her. She's playing, she's voicing Nala in, in this new Lion King movie. So, um, yeah, there's a new Beyonce album on the way. And it's kind of a surprise. Not really a surprise. Like, when she drops a surprise album, it's like, surprise, it's out, and the, and the record's out. So at least she's like, surprise, I'm releasing a record in two weeks, and the single's coming out tonight. So um, if you're a Beyonce fan, um, by the time you hear this, the, the, the first single will already be out. So go check it out. Um, if it's an amazing song, I'm sure I'll talk about it next week. Um, but just know that for sure I'm going to listen to it. I'm probably going to love it. And uh, when the record comes out, I'm sure I'll talk about it again. So a uh, new Beyonce record on the way to coincide with the release of The Lion King. And that's all I have for you this week. I know this, this week feels kind of short. This week feels kind of short and I don't really have an excuse. I mean, I was norm- as busy as normal, but not any more busy than, than usual. Um, so um, that's all I got for you this week. Um, I hope you understand. It was a holiday week weekend, you know, so I kind of took some days off. I kind of relaxed a little bit. So maybe that's why it's a little short this week. Um, we are now in Mercury retrograde grade. So I kind of want to give you the heads up about that. If you don't already know, if you're, if you follow me on social media, you know, cause I've talked about it. Um, this is a time when, you know, don't start none, won't be none. Don't get into any new contracts if you can avoid it. Um, just keep your head down and we're going to get through this Mercury retrograde together. I grabbed my little uh, leather satchel and filled it up with some magic uh, crystals and rocks to help me get through this um, this time. You know, my birthday's coming up, so I kind of need some some grounding and to, to not really stress about that because I don't really love my birthday. don't love getting older, but um, it happens to us all. And, uh, by the time, um, I'm back next week, I'll be a fucking other year older. So, ugh, send your condolences. Um, no, send me your love. I'm sending you my love. Um, I hope you had a great week. I hope you have an amazing week to come. Um, 
Let's meet back here next week to talk about a whole new batch of fun entertainment stuff. So until then, you have a great day. My friend Sherry, my friend Sherry has been catching up on my podcast and she's one of my oldest friends. And she's like, you need a tagline. She's like, is your tagline just buy at the end? And I'm like, it kind of is because that's what I've been doing from the beginning. So I'm going to do my trademark buy tagline at the end unless someone can come up with something better for me. So you know, I need a better tagline to end. I need to get my ass in gear and use my theme music for the beginning intro. And, um, this podcast is still an evolving thing. So bear with me. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Have a great week. Bye.